listeners, welcome to Horror Movie Club, the show where two dudes who are not quite nerds but not quite noobs choose a horror movie each week to rate and review. I'm Brian, I'm on the phone with Ashwin, and today we are talking about Terrified from 2017, also known as Atarados, an Argentinian film directed and written by Demian Rugna, starring Maximiliano Guione, Norberto... Norberto Gonzalo and Julieta Valina. Whew. Vaina? Yikes. Uh, <laughs> this is about a team of paranormal experts and a police officer who investigate mysterious events that have taken place in a Buenos Aires neighborhood. Uh, we will be spoiling this movie, so heads up if you're a new listener. And we picked this movie because, well, I, I picked this movie because it got a lot of buzz last year in horror, sh- horror circles. It made it to a few top 10 lists. Um, and I know I said this was a 2017 movie, but Ashvin, again, as we've run into a lot, they put the year on the movie that it was first screened at film festivals. And oftentimes the release date to the public is not until the following year. Oh, so this one actually was released to the public in 2018? Yep. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, Buddy, this would be... Actually, I fumbled over my own words a whole bunch in the intro there. I feel like this is a good time to say I really like our routine of you doing recording a first episode and us doing a double (laughs) header, and then I do the bottom half because I get a little bit buzzed while you lead the first episode. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It gives gives you the courage to pronounce some of these names. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's brave. That's like the hardest part with picking these foreign films. I know. No, the hardest part is trying to connect them to Ohio. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's true. Ohio's not very foreign. <laughs> oh, is it? I feel like it's been a while since we've seen a, an international, or like a foreign-produced film. Um, I, I can't remember what the last one was. Yeah, it has been a little bit. bit. Um, maybe Aramentari? Yeah, you might be right. Mm-hmm. So this is a paranormal, supernatural movie. This movie seemed like it was right up Ashwin's alley, so I'm excited to talk to him about it. <laughs> you know my type. <laughs> um, and Ash, this was a uh, one of those movies where there isn't even a Wikipedia page on it. I know. This one's pretty obscure. Uh, I'm, I'm surprised. It sounds like it has like a decent buzz in the horror community in the U.S., but... Um, yeah, there, there isn't much out there on on it in terms of like information. Yeah, um, well, you've heard of Fangoria, right? Like the horror magazine. I haven't. No, well, that makes sense. We're doing horror <laughs> podcast. Yeah. So, um, is that a well, big anyway, one? it is. Yeah. Well, you can be forgiven, I think, because in 2015 they, I think it was 2015, they kind of um, shut their proverbial doors for a while and. Uh, were dormant until I think just last year um, Mm -hmm. they started printing uh, like an in-print magazine again and everybody was all excited. I think they were they did a a print magazine for decades and then I think they stopped doing that and whittled it down to online content and then I think they even stopped that for a few years. Cool and now they're back uh, to print? They're back they're back in print and I'm I'm imagining they put in some uh, have some online content too. But anyway, all of this mm-hmm. to say that every year they they do their own awards, um, like a Horror Academy Awards type thing called the Fangoria Chainsaw Awards. And this was nominated for Best Director and Best Makeup Effects. Wow, that's awesome. Did it win? It did not, no. Oh, okay. It, it won neither of those categories. Okay. 
Um, but it's got it's got a pretty high review on Rotten Tomatoes and everything. I, I saw some listing like as a horror fan, like this is one of those films you have to watch uh, as of last year. Yeah, it's got, and we'll go more in depth about this. But as far as specific horror moments go, and and horrific scenes, this has some pretty good ones. Yeah, it really does. Yeah. Um, apparently, this director is going to direct a U.S. version of the film. I saw that. Uh, is it him and I think Guillermo del Toro is involved too, right? Yeah, uh, I think he's going to be a producer, Guillermo del Toro. You got to get that, that it, double, double L Y sound down. <laughs> Guillermo, got it. There you go. Um, yeah, yeah and apparently, uh, Rugna, the the director, he also wrote it, mm-hmm. and he wrote the script ten years ago. Oh, wow. Did you, did you see that anywhere? No, no. So he just had the script sitting around, and he finally got around to making the film? Yeah. And his, his mind, like, this was his horror movie, and he was dead set on it. And then when he finally got approached about it, he was kind of like, i kind of done with horror. Like, <laughs> that was my movie that I wanted to make, and I didn't get to make it. Yeah. So he kind of had to jump back into this mindset to make the movie. Well, hasn't he done two other movies, too? And, and I thought both of them kind of looked thriller-ish or horror-ish as well. I think they were like black comedies. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So this one was just kind of sh- sitting on the shelf, and by the time they came back to him, he was already kind of done with it? Yeah. Wow. Yep. But I'm glad somebody found it. Yeah. Yeah, me too. I always uh, love uh, like these international films, particularly the ones that uh, come out of Mexico and, and South America. I just feel like as filmmakers, um, they have just such a different uh, approach two films and like you know we're so used to like the hollywood scary film which you know starts at like plot point a and just kind of progresses on this like kind of formulaic pattern um and, and I, I don't know these guys just feel like very much more creative storytellers and even their characters like within uh the movies are like so much more nuanced and i i think that you know this movie kind of resembled some of that aspect Did you ever notice that with these movies yeah i've noticed in a lot of our foreign films that there's more attention paid to style than mm-hmm. substance Right, as yeah. compared to a U.S. film, yeah, yeah. There's 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 more attention, yeah, paid to like like you, by style you mean like the atmosphere and how things are done. Yeah, yep, yeah. And especially like you said with uh, with Mexican, and Spanish, or South American films, they tend to really be focused on trying to be scary. Yeah, <laughs> like it's not yeah. just a horror theme. It's like they're trying to scare the shit out of you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and I, I appreciate that. It's nice. Yeah, I know you do. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I do too. Oh, um, yeah, this the director said he didn't really pay much attention to structure in his script, so I think mm-hmm. that shows in this movie, and we'll talk more about that when we get into the plot. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Anything else as far as background in this movie goes? There's really not much out there. No, yeah, it was, it was really hard to come by. Um, I do have some concerns. So he is going to be the one directing the U.S. version. Yep, isn't that weird? Yeah, yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, usually it's taken on by a different director, but that, that's good. Hopefully, it maintains like some of what worked in this film, uh, and doesn't like completely Hollywood it. So that's ho- hopefully that works out for the best. Yeah, yeah, true. I'm imagining. I bet they'll change the structure of it a decent amount. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that'll be interesting to see. Yep, and I think I got the impression the cast in here, uh, they're like pretty well known Argentinian actors. It looks like they had. Yeah, some pretty long filmographies uh, to them. Okay, nice. 
So there is a scene in this movie where one of the characters asks somebody to take him to a hospital. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to tell you that the first ambulance service was established in Cincinnati, Ohio in 1865. <laughs> Get out of here. Cincinnati again? Wait. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I used their uh, fire department in the... Uh, final girls episode wait so on that episode they had the first fire department in the u.s and on this episode cincinnati had the first ambulance department in the u.s yeah was... i'm really doubting the accuracy of these facts <laughs> but i was i'm i'm desperate the, fir- the first time I, I believed it but now that there are two of these i'm starting to be a little suspicious about I know. cincinnati that, that's really interesting what, what's next like the first police department was in cincinnati yeah <laughs> I'm going to look that up, actually. I think somebody's just making these up. <laughs> yeah, it's good, though. I like, I like They kind of go hand-in-hand, hand, a fire department and uh, and an ambulance department, maybe. Yeah, so it makes sense. If you're, if you're getting your shit together as far as emergencies go. Yeah, might as well get both. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, set, set the bar. Cool. Nice, nice connection. Uh, nice work. <laughs> cool. All right, well, are you ready to get into some spoilers and discuss the details of the plot? Yeah, I'm ready. Let's do it. Cool. Actually, you know, before we do, I got to take a quick break. I just heard my wife screaming up in our bedroom, so I'd better go check it out. Ooh, okay. Let me know what's up. All right. I'll be right back. All right. Okay, man, I'm back. Wow, everything okay? Yeah, there was just this uh, lanky, naked dude under our bed, which was super scary at first, but then we realized it's just long, naked Tom. Long, naked Tom? (laughs) Does he make uh, regular appearances at your house? Yeah, he he just hangs out under the bed sometimes. Oh, that's just a thing he likes to do. (laughs) Nice. This is, this is me. Uh, I feel like a lot of ghouls in movies end up end up with uh, nicknames. So this is me starting a campaign for naming the school Long Naked Tom. Oh, nice, nice. I like that. That's, that sounds pretty scary. Like I feel like kids uh, years from now can be telling the stories about the first time they saw Long Naked Tom. <laughs> yeah. In in an Argentinian movie, the ghoul is named Tom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Okay, man. Well, uh, I'm going to run through the plot. It's it's unconventional. It's kind of like I heard somebody compare it to a series of short stories rather than a conventional narrative. And Yeah. I'm not sure if I'd go that far, but um, it's, it's somewhere in between the two. Yeah, I know. I could see that. So we start with a woman who's hearing voices from her kitchen that seem to be coming from the sink. Her partner gets home, and she tells him about the voices she heard, and she says they're telling her that they're going to kill her. And I think they're kind of creeped out, but whatever. And then she takes a shower, and he hears thumping while she's taking a shower. And he goes in, and she's being smashed against the shower walls by an invisible force. And at first, I thought this looked kind of silly. (laughs) But then they just kept doing it over and over again. Yeah. <laughs> and there was like a squishing sound every time she hit the wall, and it, it got a little unnerving after a while. Yeah, it was kind of disturbing. You're right, because at first it looks kind of, uh, you can tell it's kind of like uh, CGI or something or some kind of effects going yeah. on. Yeah. Um, yep. 
but yeah, watching her like go back and forth and just slamming to this wall, it does kind of get pretty creepy and like in your head. Yeah, I think the director had a good sense of timing mm-hmm. with these scares. Um, like he hung on things long enough or cut away from things quick enough. It, uh, he knew yeah. how to scare you, I think. Yeah, he had a good sense for it, yeah, that for sure. And and yep. e- even this, like this happens, uh, what, we're like five minutes into the movie or something? Yeah, I feel like this is kind of the, I don't remember exactly when the credits rung, but this is kind of, or when the credits show, but this is kind of the... Uh, pre-credits hook that we see in a lot of horror movies Mm -hmm. yeah this is pretty cool yeah so then we transition to a later time um when this dude is being interviewed about the death of his wife in the shower he's explaining to a team of paranormal investigators what happened and he said at first they thought the noises they were hearing were coming from a neighbor who was working on his house because they kept hearing noises at night coming from his house then we go to a flashback of them confronting the neighbor and telling, and the neighbor's like, yeah, I've been doing some remodeling. So now we jump away from their story into the neighbor's story, and he kind of becomes the protagonist here for 10 or 20 minutes. He's been seeing various psychiatrists, and he's convinced that there's an entity in his house. So in his house, there's a creepy scene. We see long naked tom who's kind of a poster ghoul for this movie he's literally on the cover just this creepy long humanoid kind of a slender man-esque type thing but not quite that exaggerated yeah very long-limbed and kind of like all over the place yeah so he's under the bed and he's slinking around in this dude's house um and then presumably he he attacks him and presumably kind of gets him right I think so. I think, uh, yeah, there's one night where, like, he's trying to trap him. And, and it's really cool because um, I, th- I think you see him, like, on the video camera. And he's, like, watching this video camera. And he can see, like, this guy was just, like, standing by his bed watching him. And then and then he, like, disappears. And he's trying to find him. And he has a gun. And then uh, he opens a closet. And he that, that guy, like, comes out. And, and then that's, like, the end, right? You don't really see him after that. Yeah. Yeah. That's the last you see of that guy. Yeah. Um, so we then see a small child who's coming near this dude's house and drinking from a spigot in his yard. And we hear a voice from inside the house, who's presumably this neighbor, telling him to stay away and not to drink the water. Did you notice there's a lot of emphasis on the pipes and the water and the drains? Oh, yeah, yeah, even in the beginning, because, yeah, she hears it uh, from the drain, right? Yeah, she hears the voices from the sink drain, she gets killed in the shower, then he's telling this kid not to drink the water. Yeah. <laughs> that never really leads anywhere, though. Yeah, that's a good point. It's a, there's a, a, a drainage theme to this movie. Yeah. Uh, so that sounds pretty gross for some reason. <laughs> uh, so this kid is is kind of creeped out, and he's slowly backing away from the house, and he's not paying attention, and backs into the street and gets hit by a bus. Now we transition into what ends up being kind of the final story of the movie focused on this team of paranormal investigators along with one cop who are investigating all the things that have gone on in this neighborhood. The woman died in the shower. This guy was seeing a psychiatrist and nobody's heard from him. And then this kid got hit by this bus and they visit this kid's house and his mom is there. She's grieving and she swears that her son has come back to her. 
And they go into the next room, and there he is sitting at this table, still as a stone, and he's all gray and decaying, like he's climbed out of his grave. His fingernails are all worn out. This this must be what you were talking about when when you mentioned that um, they got nominated for the makeup effects. I, I thought the way they had done this kid was like pretty scary. This kid was really scary, and it was a really kind of unique scare because they spend a lot of time just standing there around this kid talking about him, and he's just still, and you're just wondering what's going to happen. Yeah. Well, and like, then they just go, mm-hmm. oh, go ahead. Oh, well, like, I mean, you think, like, he's a corpse, but, uh, I mean, I don't know, you keep expecting him to move, but he, like, he doesn't move except, like, when they look away, then, like, a glass falls down or a mill falls down. So it's, he's, like, this weird combination of, like, is he a dead corpse or is he actually moving? And you see, like, footprints all over. I thought that was really confusing. Yeah. 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 Well, then we do see him move a little bit when his buddy comes into the yard to look for a ball that he left oh, over there yeah. or something. Right. Right. Yep. But, um, yeah, I, at this point of the movie, or somewhere around here, I was kind of thinking to myself, like, these characters are pretty thin, mm-hmm. and everyone kind of feels like a secondary character. No main character had emerged at this point yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were like, f- I don't know if it's at this kid part with the dead kid or not, but at some point we were like 50 minutes in or an hour into the movie, and it was still unclear who the main character was. You didn't feel like uh, the this cop who showed up, or like the sheriff, or whatever, who's like investing in the case. He was like giving a lot of like long speeches, and um, I, I don't know. I thought it was kind of setting him up that like he's going to be like one of the main drivers here of you know the story yeah. moving forward. Right, he did kind of end up being the main character, but we didn't even see him until like thirty minutes into the movie. True. Yep. It's an interesting structure. Yeah. Yep. Um. So anyway, now this paranormal team has decided that they're all going to split up in different houses for the night within this neighborhood. All the houses that have had incidents, and they're going to spend the night there and study what's going on. Uh, Various creepy things ensue. Um, There's a lot of good scares. I'm not going to go into the details of too many of them. Maybe we can do that after. I I will hit on one that I thought was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. so in the sequence of all this creepy stuff happening and all the different houses, we're kind of cutting between the different houses and what the characters are experiencing. This cop has a heart attack at some point. He's already mentioned he's got a little bit of an issue, so he's going to be retiring from the police force because of it. So he has this heart attack. He recovers. He has a heart attack basically because he saw a ghoul reach out of a wall and snap this woman's head backwards and break her neck. Mm-hmm. Uh, he recovers from the heart attack, gets up, goes to his car to drive away from the neighborhood. And as he's about to drive away, this woman who's had her head snapped backwards starts running towards the car and she's running backwards and his, her head is facing him upside down. She's yeah. like bent over backwards, snapped. <laughs> yeah. And she's like asking them, asking this dude to save them. And she's just like sprinting towards the car and he just hits the gas. And it's just one of the best few seconds in a horror movie that I've seen in a long time <laughs> in terms of like just stick with you, creepy, creative. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was pretty disturbing. And, and like her head like smashes on the glass and like leaves this blood imprint on, on his car. Yeah, yep. That's pretty God, cool. God, that was good. I kind of yeah. want to go back and just watch that one scene again. <laughs> yeah. 
So anyway, this dude, he leaves the neighborhood for a while, kind of thinks about what he needs to do. He comes back, sets, does he set one of the houses on fire or all of them? I think just one of the houses he like goes into and sets it on fire. Yeah, the house where where most of the creepy stuff took place, the kids, the kids' house, the dead kids' house. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think you have to help me out with the plot points here. I think shortly after doing this, he has a confrontation with one of his teammates, one of the paranormal investigators who's come back from the dead. Yeah, his eyes are like all gouged out. Um, yeah, I forget what they say or if even what they say to each other. At that point. Yeah, and then does he kill the cop then? No, I don't think anyone dies at this point. I feel like uh I feel like this is where like that whole scene cuts. Okay. Maybe, yeah. Okay, so we, we leave that that setting and then go back to the guy from the very beginning of the movie whose wife died in the shower being interviewed, correct? Yeah, like months later, like yeah, days after maybe this happened. Right, being interviewed by a new team. Mm-hmm. Um, and he ends up asking them who the person behind them is. And they turn around in this room and they don't see anybody. And all of a sudden a chair is picked up by an invisible force and thrown at the camera. And that's the way the movie ends. Yeah. I think they also mentioned though, that, uh, that cop, the one that had a heart attack and and that, you know, we, we saw burn the house down that he's like been missing or he's like taken off or something like no one's seen him in a while. Okay, gotcha. And I feel like maybe even the guy says, that's him behind you. Yeah, yeah, right. He points like one of the pictures they have is like, what? oh, you brought him with you. He's behind you. And right, okay, around. so he yeah. sees the cop. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I brushed over some stuff, but if it sounds like there isn't that much of a plot, <laughs> in my opinion, there there isn't much of one, but what do you think? No, I, I agree. I mean, like the... The timeline is really weird, and, and I think you're right. Like the movie kind of starts off with like three distinct, uh, like s- almost like short stories or, or like scary stories, and then it tries like the second half is this plot of trying to bring them together, and these guys kind of trying to investigate it and prove something. And then it all ends up with like this kind of obscure ending where they're just like they're back in the psychi- the, the, the the you know the, the, the is it the, is he in a ward a psychiatric ward? Yeah, I don't know if it was a psychiatric ward or a prison or or what. Yeah. I don't have to give you robes in prison. I don't, yeah, I don't know. Uh, but then, yeah, and then a chair flies. So, yeah, I think the the second half, uh, it fails to, like, really connect all the three storylines, and uh, it feels kind of, like, all over the place. It kind of, the, the plot kind of just dissolves. In, in, uh, but I think the movie, I, I don't know if it kind of embraces that or if it's, like, trying to be, like, a comprehensive story or not. So that, that part's kind of hard to tell. Yeah, he did, he did admit that he doesn't pay much attention to structure. Um, and that is clear. I mean, this is a very unconventional structure for a movie. I, and I think some people find that interesting. I listened to a podcast where he was being interviewed by somebody who, and maybe the guy was just being nice, but it sounded like he thought it was refreshing to see a movie that had an unconventional structure. And, um, I think I've made it clear that I kind of like the (laughs) working within the bounds of a pretty traditional movie structure. Sure. Um, yeah, but yeah, I, I was interested to hear your take on it because I, I think you're a little bit more open to that than I am. 
Yeah, I mean, we're so accustomed to movies having a plot and uh, telling a comprehensive story that makes sense. Uh, but, you know, when we watch horror films, you know, naturally we have to like suspend a lot of that. But this one, I think, you know, took an extra step and was even a little bit less concerned about being, uh, you know, sticking to like one time frame or one like linear storyline and just more, it seemed like the focus was more on scaring you, which I, I don't know, some people could see that as a negative thing or some people like, I mean, I, I kind of saw it as, you know, these guys, as you mentioned earlier, like these films are more focused on just trying to be scary and less worried about, you know, being correct to, uh, to, you know, the premise or to the context or whatever. And, uh, yeah, I kind of appreciated that, like how little they cared about the rules in this one. Yeah. Yeah. And I will say that there was a, as far as the scares go, it was a pretty diverse approach to scares. Mm -hmm. There was more than one different type of ghoul. There were jump scares. There was the moment where the kid's corpse is just sitting there and it's kind of tense and not much happens. Yeah. And there's kind of that gory bonkers scare with the, backwards head lady <laughs> yeah 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 it was, it was a good mix of like jump out scares and visual stuff and even like that uh the tall the naked tom or whatever the long tall, long tall, naked tom yeah long naked tom like i mean these, these are like scary visuals and i don't know i this movie was like pretty scary i feel like it's one of the scary movies we've seen um i can't remember well i guess pet cemetery was pretty scary and stuff but i i definitely felt like that it was i i was really scared after this movie i, I don't know how you felt did, were you pretty scared? Uh, yeah, I was. It was kind of uh, similar to how I felt after Interior. Oh, yeah, right. And that was a similar movie without much going on on the plot, but but the scares were mm-hmm. pretty pretty well done. Yeah. That's what I like about this genre of like paranormal films is uh, there's less attention to plot and more to like just really creepy or scary visuals that kind of stick with you afterwards. Yeah, I can appreciate that. Yeah, that's. I, mean, I guess that's what good horror is. I don't know what order we'll release these in but this is continuing our argument about the final girls yeah exactly I I love when a movie can like nail the conventional movie structure and have an emotional core and still weave in some great scares too but I still it's still a movie to me like I want some scares but I think my favorite horror movies have are some of my favorite stories too. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I mean, you need that heart to really be bought into the characters, and you could argue. I mean, I mean, I think you're right. They, these characters in this one are kind of um, you know not very well developed, um, and uh, like yeah, even I mean, we're, we're, the, one thing that was really frustrating. Uh, I don't know if you felt this way, but like the the one cop who was like kind of spooked out by like what these paranormal investigators were doing kept wanting to get out of there and uh, he he wouldn't like something would happen and he'd like keep staying and he was just like always trying to escape so there were like frustrating elements like that where the characters aren't doing what you want them to do or you're not bought into them because they don't have that emotional connection that you might have like with a better movie but um i yeah i, I don't know if it, it 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 delivers scares somehow but i i'm with you i'm like i agree when there's a little bit more uh heart to them and you're more bought in and understand like their decision making process yeah yeah, one benefit of this type of movie is it doesn't try to explain too much. Mm-hmm. And I I always appreciate when the threats or the ghouls, especially in a paranormal movie, aren't explained very much. Yeah, yeah. There, I, I don't like... want to hear some story about a ghost who needs to like come back and set things right or mm-hmm. get some emotional resolution at some point. I just want 
unexplainable, creepy shit to happen. Yeah, that's why it's paranormal. There's nothing normal about it. Like, you can't rationalize it. Don't try to, like, justify yeah. their actions. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't I don't like when we try to rationalize the irrational. Exactly, yeah. It's, it's a lot scarier when you have, like, no idea why it's happening. Yeah, I mean, it, it's good when there can be rules, like pet cemetery you bury somebody in that cemetery they come back because it's cursed or whatever Mm -hmm. um but yeah that's all you need to know yeah like even in pet cemetery you don't know why like these uh why they were like going around killing people and burying them to bring them back like that there's like still some unknown there where it's like okay yeah we know we know the rules a little bit but like why are you guys even doing this like what's your uh, ultimate motive yeah um, were you, did, were you kind of frustrated though? Like, like why were these paranormal activities or paranormal hunters like there? Like, why weren't they running? And I, I felt like there were parts where they almost like were trying to justify something, but they never really got around to explaining it. But was that part frustrating for you at all? Yeah, a little bit, especially that woman who gets her head snapped backwards. She's just like sitting there staring at a monster. Yeah. And it's like, what? And she was very like nonplussed. There wasn't much fear or emotion from her, especially. Right. Right. It yeah. Just, uh, it just it didn't make a whole lot of sense, but um yeah. 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 After a while you kind of got you about an hour in I was like, okay, well none of the characters are really going to be uh anything I'm attached to or that I True. feel makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I mean I feel, I feel like that one police officer they try to like the main guy who um you know kind of escapes maybe. Um I I think that Neil Funes. Yeah. You knew you knew a little bit more about him, like he had a heart condition, and um, you knew like he was about to retire, and that he was dating, you know, the mom or something. So there were like some storytelling elements there, but it was still kind of yeah. thin to the other characters. Yeah. Well, what do you think, man? Uh, zero to five backwards heads pressed up against the car window. Uh, you know, I, I know we we bash this movie a lot on, on a plot standpoint, um, but. I thought it was legitimately scary, and I feel like people should see this one if if you're a horror fan. So I, I get, I'd give this four and a half uh, heads. Four and a half? <laughs> yeah, backwards heads. I knew we would be totally opposite on these two movies tonight. <laughs> yeah, very polarizing films. Because <laughs> this is a scary movie, man. We Sometimes I feel like, I mean, I'm with you. Like uh, I feel like sometimes we watch these movies and we're like, oh, they didn't take time to develop the character, or the plot doesn't make sense. But at the end of the day, like this movie scared the shit out of me, and it's like that's what I'm, what, what you want on a scary movie. And if it, it was so scary that like I could overlook those plots, then I feel like uh, the movie succeeded. It's a nonsensical <laughs> horror film, which uh, I, I got to give it to you. Like I, I thought it delivered. It was it was really scary, and uh, the scariness made up for the lack of uh, cohesive plotline. Okay. What what about you? Well, I mean. Yeah, I mean, I think we feel similarly about this movie. I think we just place more importance on different things. So I give this a three out of five. Ah, oh, man. You're getting me back for Final Girls, huh? It was not a good movie, top to bottom, but the scares, I would echo what you said. If you're a fan of horror and you want to see some wild, scary shit, you should watch this movie. Yeah. If you uh, want if you want to have like a horror podcast, you should watch this movie. If you want to have a horror podcast, you should know what Fangoria is. Yeah. True good point. <laughs> you got me, man. <laughs> Sorry. No, no. I, I, yeah, yeah, I think you're right. It is kind of all about like what you value in these movies. Uh, so, yeah. 
yeah, this movie definitely had a lot of faults. And the ending, I don't know. Did, did you feel like the ending was a little cheap? Yeah, I, I think it's a little silly to end with something being thrown at the camera. Like, <laughs> yeah. I guess maybe, it, it kind of worked in Paranormal Activity for me, but uh, maybe maybe that's part of it is that now that we've seen it once, I'm sure it's in a, a billion other movies too. True. But it just was kind of a, a cheap way to end and resolve things. Yeah, that's a, that's a good comparison though. I mean, Paranormal Activity, you get a body thrown at the camera and in this one you're just getting like a chair thrown. So like it does kind of... Yeah. Make it a little sillier. Well, that chair probably had a family. <laughs> probably. He has a loved chair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anything else, buddy? Uh, no, no. Great pick. I'm glad glad we caught this one. Cool. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> There's a 4.5 for you. Yeah, yeah. I had a great time. <laughs> okay. Well, that's all for our discussion on terrified people. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a five-star rating on iTunes. That helps other people find our show, and it makes us feel all warm and fuzzy inside. If you want to join the discussion, you can find our social links on our website, horrormovieclub.com, or you can choose an email at podcast at horrormovieclub.com. We'll announce next week's movie on Facebook and Twitter in case you want to watch it before the next episode. Our logo is done by Amy May Popart, so check her out on Etsy.com. And until next time, if you want to pitch in to get Long Naked Tom some clothes and a bed of his own, visit our website, horrormovieclub.com, to find out how you can help. <laughs>